Fortunately for you, there's a revolutionary new app that helps with just that. Introducing Small Player Big Play. Small Player Big Play app provides young athletes, parents, and coaches a user-friendly sports social media platform. The app allows users to connect with friends, make new friends, create groups, text, chat, and post pictures and videos of you and your teammates participating in your favorite sport or activity. To begin, users can simply download and sign up for the app using an email account. Younger users have the ability to sign up using their smartphone and a parent's email address. From there, users can begin to interact and engage with other users of the app. Small Player Big Play app also gives users the ability to live stream full games and events. You can live stream your event so that friends, family, or anyone in the world can see you in action. Users can also share posts from the app to their other social media accounts like Facebook and Twitter. What are you waiting for? Get in the game and share your love of sports with the world. Download the Small Player Big Play app today. Are you ready to listen to my dad Joe and Uncle Justin talk about sports? Now on with the show! The Joe Mays and j Show is brought to you by Mays Sandwich Shop, which have been serving the greater Westlawn area delicious food for over 70 years. You are listening to the Joe Mays and j Show. Boring! A... <clears throat> weekly podcast about sports since 2011. Don't you ever get tired of being wrong all the time? With a focus on football. Kansas City 31, San Francisco 20. Mahomes takes the snap. He's just going to throw it long for Demarcus Robinson. It is going to use up all the time. The game is over. And the Chiefs kingdom has firmly planted its flag on top of football's highest summit. Kansas City Chiefs are champions of Super Bowl 54. Now, here are your hosts, Joe Mays and Justin Raffoff. Good evening, everyone, and welcome back to the Joe Mays and J-Raff Show. I'm one of your hosts, Joe Mays, and here with me, not in studio this week, but remotely is my co-host Justin Raffoff. Justin, how you doing? Yeah, I'm I'm doing well. I'm doing well. Um, you know, it's uh it, it was it was a good it was a good holiday, you know, certainly different this year, but it was good. Um but yeah, plenty to talk about as the NFL season is um unfortunately coming to a close. Well, regular season is coming is winding down. Yeah, this afternoon I was watching uh, NFL red zone and I switched over to it right as the countdown clock got to five seconds and Kelly turned to me and go, is that your favorite screen of the week? Is like your favorite thing to see? And I was like, yeah, I mean, nothing beats it on that week one, seeing the NFL red zone countdown, oh, yeah. get close to kickoff and Scott Hansen jumps on your screen and you're ready to kick off the NFL season, but it's definitely bittersweet today knowing that week 16, now that we're talking here, is basically in the books, just two games to go. Man, outside of football season is really a sad time uh, for for me and my sports interests. As much as I love hockey and baseball and getting into March Madness, 
it, nothing compares to that, you know, end of August through early January time of the year with high school, college, pro football going on. So, yeah, it is definitely bittersweet right now. But there's a lot to talk about this week after the uh, NFL Week 16 action. Yeah, definitely. Like, it is it is strange, like, just, you know, it. I don't know. It's just been, obviously, it's been a crazy, like, fall and into the beginning of winter here. And so, like, in some ways, it seems like it's been a long time. In other ways, it's like, how can it be the Sunday after Christmas already? Like, how how did that happen? Like, Yeah, I, I really, it, it it's really uh, something to think that we're here. I know a lot of people are very happy to be here at the end of 2020. And this is our final show of 2020. Uh, so well, a few things I wanted to point out before we uh, move on and discuss uh, what we're going to discuss. Uh, I found it pretty uh, coincidental but comical that uh, we are here doing episode 321. And uh, it's our new pre-New Year show. And the countdown image that I found was 321, Happy New Year. So uh, I couldn't have planned that better if I tried. So uh, that it took almost a decade, but uh, numerical uh, episode. Wait, you mean you mean you did not have this mapped out from ten years ago? No, or anything I tried to map out um, is always thrown away pretty quickly. Uh, so this one works out in my favor. So I really appreciated it when uh, I noticed it this afternoon getting set up. I thought it was uh, pretty pretty funny. Um, also. I did mention my fantasy game last week a bunch, and I just want to update it yes, only yes. because of the way that I lost was um, <laughs> incredibly heartbreaking. Not so much by what I didn't do, although you can throw that in my direction because at the last second, I replaced Brandon Ayuk with James Robinson, and that six-point differential was one of the reasons I lost because I lost by two. But if you remember... I had to play against Ben Roethlisberger and Deontay Johnson last week. Uh, they played on the Monday night game, or was it the Sunday night game? When did they, when um, did they Pittsburgh play last week? I, Pittsburgh Cincy. It was the Monday night. Monday Cleveland, night. New York was the Sunday night. Okay, so yeah, so we had this show on Sunday with Paul. Then Monday night, I was clinging to a lead, but I knew I had to go up against Deontay Johnson and Ben Roethlisberger. Well, in the second half of that game, Th- those players had combined for zero points because Big Ben had minus two and Deontay Johnson had two. So I was clinging to my lead. And then right before I went to bed, they had connected for a score and I w- was only up by two. And when I woke up the next morning, I had lost by two. So I didn't hold out much hope of winning that game going into it. But when I went to bed or was about to go to bed and I was still up with, you know, a quarter and a half to play. I was feeling pretty good, but then, of course, the one touchdown pass had to go to Deontay Johnson, and that just uh, ruined my chances if they got enough points for my dad to beat me. And uh, him and my uncle, though, are in quite a a slugfest right now. My dad has Aaron Jones left tonight, and my uncle has has a couple guys left to go. Um, Trying to think who he has, Um, but it's a a tough matchup. It's a good game. but yeah, it's just fantasy football, man, can be crazy. And I, I texted you last Tuesday morning of like the five different yes. ways if one thing had changed, I would have won. You know, Jason Sanders missed a field goal. He makes it. I win. Justin Jefferson had a n- catch, no catch that was overturned. 
to be a catch for him if he that stays a no catch i win right it's just crazy it was an in, inconsequential like play right because like, the vikings didn't... didn't end up win that was the second to last play right. of the game um so yeah, it's just tough. But my dad is Aaron Jones right now, and uh, my uncle has Devonte Adams, who already has a touchdown. Yeah, uh, going, and he also has Stephon Diggs tomorrow night. Now my dad is also up by eighteen and a half points as we talk now. But it's an evenly matched game, and they're both possibly going to score in the one forties. So um, I definitely wow. think uh, that the, the, those two teams throughout the year were the best. So it's no surprise that they're meeting in the championship, but it is a two week championship. So we'll see what happens with the two of them um, this weekend, next week. So um, the only other thing I wanted to mention before we talk about the games is I don't know how many people out there are members of FanDuel, but they offer these boosts. Justin, I don't know if you've gotten in on this recently, I, um, but you need I to <laughs> based on what they're offering today because you can get basically free money on FanDuel if you go and choose the Buffalo Bills as a victors tomorrow night because they are currently plus like 77 uh, on FanDuel <laughs> because they offer these super boosts where like for every 2,000 people that join the bet that the Bills will win um, – they bump up everything by a point. Well, so many people are in on the Bills beating the Patriots tomorrow night that the Bills are now plus like 77. So obviously they're going to win and you're essentially make getting free $45. If you bet 50, you'll win 45-45. So, um, and and you can get a free $50 just for signing up. Uh, if you if you get a referral link, you get free 50 bucks. So you're, they're essentially giving you free money. Um, yeah, I just thought it was crazy because I've done some of these super bets, super boosts in the past. And, you know, they're still like, it's probably a win, but you could still lose. But no, this one is a right. slam dunk. You right. are like, absolutely. I know, I know there was one. I know there was one this week of like Joel Embiid getting eight points in this, in their opener. And like, okay, like he's probably going to get at least eight points. But like he could not, you know, if he got injured or something like, you know, but. There's no way the the Bills lose by 78 or or more by the time it gets to tomorrow. Right, right. So, yeah, I just found that really, really funny. Um, but um, let's see. Where should we start? So let's start with the Christmas evening game. We had football okay, yeah. on Christmas. And it was a, a game that was important for one team, not so important for the other. Uh, 49ers Cardinals, um, doesn't matter who the home team was. Cause it was going to be played well, the, in Arizona. The Christmas, no game, the Christmas game was, the Oh Saints no, you're game. right. You're right. I'm thinking about yesterday. The Christmas game was Saints Vikings and we had a historical outcome via your, your, your pal, Alvin Kamara. Uh, yeah, six yeah. touchdowns, Thanks six, for rushing all touchdowns. Season, buddy. Yeah. Uh, six rushing touchdowns and the Saints won. Drew Brees didn't look great, but he they he didn't need to. The Vikings postseason hopes were dashed. The Saints get the victory, and uh, they're trying to stay uh, toe for toe, beat for beat with the Packers and the Seahawks. And I believe they clinched the division. So Saints are your AFC or excuse me, your NFC South champs. Much to my chagrin, as I continue to pick against them, and they continue to prove me wrong year after year. <laughs> so, 
So, like, one of the crazy things, and I sent you this stat. They said it on TV after after the game. But when this, like, Kamara rushed for six touchdowns, and that ties, you know, record from 1929, where it was obviously completely different then. Um, but the guy who did it in 1929, and I, sorry, I don't remember his name, but he also had given up two career home runs to Babe Ruth because he was also a professional pitcher right. in, in baseball. That was an like, exclamation just, point for me when – when I read that, <laughs> like, that's just insane. You know, the guy you share the record with also gave up home runs to Babe Ruth. Like, right. That's nuts. So I, I was thinking that that was the only thing that I had to talk about before we dove into that. But, um, we are actually live on a new platform tonight. So oh, we right. are live on Twitch and why are we live on Twitch? It's because I'm doing housekeeping, getting ready for something that Justin and I will be debuting in a few months. Yeah. I already told my dad who is massively disappointed because I don't think he has any interest in following along with what we're about to embark <laughs> on. Uh, but I said, don't worry, it's the off season. When football comes back, you know, we'll do our previews, but we're going to switch it up a little um, and come either end of February, but probably into March, Justin and I are going to, uh, we're going to play the NCAA college football game from, well, I mean, it's called NCAA football 14, but it's actually from the summer of 2013 because that's the last time the game was allowed to be made or that they made it without, you know, um, lawyers being involved. They just kind of cast it aside and said, let's wait until the, uh, the name image likeness stuff gets resolved, which hopefully will happen in the next few years. And we'll get our college football game back. During the uh, time since then, though, people have really gravitated towards the game because it's really fun to play. College football game was always better than Madden, and it continues to be. And during the pandemic, people started streaming it, including um, the big one was through Barstool Sports, where um, um, Big Cat was playing and just jumping around school to school and he actually got the actual college institutions behind him and they would send out graphics for him and they would send him swag. So it was just fun to watch during, um, you know, the spring and summer last year. And Justin and I love that game and we haven't gotten to play um, video games together in a long time. So what, oh my ju- <laughs> what Justin and I are really long time. have discussed and are going to do, like I said, middle end of February, around our 10th anniversary or just thereafter, we're going to start a dynasty mode in NCAA football 14. So I set up the Twitch account today to make sure that we were all s- streaming there and good. And Justin and I are going to take turns. You know, one of us is going to play offense. One of us is going to play defense. Um, we already decided that our coach's name will be Joey Rathoff and we will be starting <laughs> at Florida Atlantic and why Florida Atlantic? Well, cause every time Justin and I talk about playing college football video game, both of us figured out that we both always choose to start at FAU, uh, which is just a huge coincidence. So why would we start anywhere else than FAU when we embark on this journey together? So, um, both of us were okay about, you know, playing offense or defense. We didn't have a problem doing either. So instead of saying your offense, your defense, we are going to flip a coin before each yeah, and every game yeah. and decide who is the uh, offensive guy and who's the defensive guy. Um, we haven't decided on difficulty yet. It's probably not going to be Heisman because I don't think either of us are refined enough in playing that game. 
to play. Say, we don't we don't need to start out by just embarrassing ourselves and losing every game. Right. But. Yeah. I mean, we maybe we'll get fired from FAU the first year, and it won't really matter. <laughs> exactly. It'll be very short. Um, we also have to tinker with the details of gameplay. I mean, we're not going to edit sliders or anything, but I'm talking more about how long the quarters are going to be and things like that. So we don't have all the details figured out, but that's something we're going to do. You know, we've been doing this show for nearly 10 years. It may be time to switch it up for a little bit, capture a different audience, do something different uh, outside of football season. So uh, March, April, and May, uh, at a minimum, that's probably what we'll be doing. Hopefully playing maybe two games a week. We'll see, again, how the timing works out. But uh, I'm sorry for those of you watching, listening, that you know, are expecting us to be on here talking sports. I mean, we can certainly do that while we play the game, and I have no problem doing that. But Oh, yeah. Um, just to add a different video component, we might be talking sports while Justin and I play NCAA Football 14. So just an FYI, and uh, appreciate anyone that subscribes or tunes into us via Twitch, a new platform for us. I knew, I knew I'd forget something in my uh, pre-football <laughs> talk, so that's what it was. But anyways, let's get back to the games. Saints roll over the Vikings on Christmas, and then we get to the day after Christmas games – uh, three of them were on the slate, and uh, my Dolphins played at night against the Raiders. The early game, however, was a blowout, which was the Lions hosting the Bucks, and Tampa Bay absolutely housed them. Now, Detroit, I know, was down coaches because of COVID contact tracing, and they just had nothing. Uh, fi- I believe the final was 47-7. to Tampa Bay was all over them. I don't think Tom Brady played much, if at all, in the second half. But a lot of their other guys so. did, which um, was a little interesting to me. You pull Brady, and I get it. Why not? What's the point in risking his health and, and, and an injury to derail your potential uh, um, spot in the playoffs, which they clinched for the first time since 2007? The Buccaneers will now be in the playoffs, which was the second longest drought to another team that we'll talk about a little bit later who has not clinched a spot in the playoffs. Justin, what did you make of uh, Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, Antonio Brown, uh, all those guys still running down the field in the fourth quarter? It was it was interesting to me because I really was a little surprised. Like you said, um, I know like it's not the same as the college game where you have ninety some guys on the roster and things like that. I know you know you're you're very limited in the NFL roster. However, for guys like Chris Godwin, who has had some injuries like with his hands, that's a big deal for a receiver this year. And Mike Evans, who has had some, you know, has been tweaked here and there. Like, it surprised me that some of those guys were still in the game. Um, you know, I just, you know, Gronkowski. You know, just I feel like what what was the point, especially when the saints had clinched the division the night before. So it's not like you're playing for the division, you know, like I, I was just a little surprised. I felt like they had more to lose than gain there. Um, on the other hand, you know, I know they've kind of taken their lumps at times and the offense hasn't been clicking at times, but um, like I said to you, I'm not saying that Tampa Bay is not clicking and that they're not a dangerous team come the playoff time. Like they very well, maybe, but, rolling up a Detroit team that clearly is just punching the clock and ready to go home for the year. Um, and had like down, like they didn't know who was going to coach because just like a number of coaches were, um, you know, out for COVID and stuff. And like, 
it was just one of those things where it's like, I don't know. Well, I don't know that I got anything from that game. That's that, that particular game that makes me think, Oh man, watch out from Tampa Bay that I didn't think before. Like, Oh, when their offense is clicking, they're dangerous. I could have told you that before yesterday, you know, and like if they would have gone against like a good team and done it, then it's, then it's more eye opening in my opinion than doing against one of the worst teams right now in, in football in Detroit, who was having issues with their coaching staff and, is just looking to get done with the year, you know? So like, I just, it, it, I don't feel like I learned anything about Tampa yesterday. And I was surprised that the guy, that those guys who are so important to that team uh, were still in the game when they didn't need to be. Yeah, absolutely. I completely agree. Um, I was just, I was just surprised to see some of those guys. I know there's something about, was it Mike Evans getting close to a yardage record or something like that for, for Tampa Bay? Like that's yeah. cool. Like, all right, if you really want to keep trotting him out there with a guy who's had not significant injuries, but has had injury, uh, you know, he's been dinged up, misses yeah. a game here and there throughout his, you know, career. It just surprised me because they clearly had that game in the bag. But you know, whatever. That's it's just another another thing to talk about, I guess. But. Yeah, I, I completely agree with you. What you said, I just I know some people, especially at the beginning of the year, were all about Tampa Bay, but I just they're oh, I was too. I thought I thought they were gonna. I mean, I thought they were gonna win the division. We both I picked thought, them to win the division. I, I believe. I think so. I don't. know. My uncle was always checking us on that. To be honest, like here you go. Like here's an interesting thing: the way they've played lately. Like I don't know that they're not better than the Saints right now, but the Saints trounced them twice. Both times they played them. You know, like, so it's hard to say that, but like, it's hard to beat a team three times, like all of that stuff, but Tampa's going to be going on the road, most likely, probably to, you know, Washington, Dallas, or, um, New York, like, right. but they're, they're going to be on the road in their, in their first one. Imagine Tampa having to go to Washington. It's not, I know like the weather shouldn't be an issue for Brady, but like, I don't know. Yeah. It'd be interesting. It, oh, it absolutely will be interesting. Uh, I, I just, I don't know. They don't, they don't, they don't really impress me. I have not been impressed no. by the Buccaneers. I, I think they're, they're, they're too inconsistent. Right. I, I'm trying to think like their, their best win maybe is the win at Green Bay. But like. That was, I, that was in Tampa though. That was not at oh, okay. Green Bay. That okay. was at home. Okay. Yeah, that, they beat up on the Packers pretty good, but that was – I'm fairly right. confident I'm that was in that, Tampa. I haven't been that – like, it's not like I'm super impressed with Tampa or with Green Bay either. Like, I know their their record's really good. They're the one seed, but, like, That was again, the same thing last year. Right. I don't know that they're that great. Like, I just – I don't know. They're looking good right now, but, like, I just – I don't know. The game we'll that I, I was thinking was on Christmas, but was actually the middle of the day yesterday, was 49ers Cardinals, which the Cardinals were playing for everything. Still, you know, good chance to make the playoffs. And they lay an egg against San Francisco, who's down to their what, third string quarterback. Yes. CJ Bathard yes. was in over uh, Nick Mullins, who was out, and obviously Garoppolo. 
and they only put up 12 points. I mean, this San Francisco defense hasn't been the one that took them to the Super Bowl last year. You know, it was within, you know, eight minutes of winning the Super Bowl. The 49ers haven't been what they were a year ago, and the Cardinals just couldn't get it together. They couldn't do anything. They were terrible. They were terrible. And I just, it's one of those where, and I, look, I'm not, I'm not trying to make a statement as much about, Uh, Lamar Jackson as I am about just like the way people overreact during the season. Remember when it became a thing like a month and a half ago or maybe probably like a month and a half ago when people are like, oh, the Ravens would be so much better with Kyler Murray as their quarterback than Lamar Jackson. Like they'd be like a Super Bowl, like a true Super Bowl contender as opposed to what they are. And I'm like, you know, and there's some, there was some pushback to that. Like, you know, if you put Lamar Jackson in, you know, the, spread running gun kind of offense like with those weapons you know it would be very different and it's just interesting how like right now like the Ravens are playing much better and Lamar Jackson's playing much better than Kyler Murray is now that's not to take away from Kyler Murray and it's not to like crown Lamar Jackson as oh he's overcome all the obstacles that he's you know had in late in the season but like you know people overreact to so many things like I feel like at this point, though, obviously, we're through 16 weeks. We have a good idea. Like, teams have pretty much shown you who they are by this point. You know, and yeah. Arizona, I, and that's why I said to you in text the other day, Arizona has underwhelmed me this year. It's, I wouldn't say gross under underachieving yet. I mean, if they lose this week and don't make the playoffs, I, which is a very real possibility because they're playing the Rams who are playing for their playoff lives, too. Like. Okay, then I think you can you can tag that underachieving. If they make the playoffs in that division, I don't I can't say that's underachieving. But they have been underwhelming because they've shown at times, man, what they've shown flashes of is brilliance. And then at other times, you know, like this team is you know, better than they were last year but still a long way from competing in in the NFC and in the NFC West even. Yeah, it was just surprising to see the 49ers able to do what they were able to do against Arizona. Just completely unexpected. And I think, like you said, Arizona's been has not met expectations, especially with the way things started, because they had they had rumbled out to a, a pretty decent record. I don't were they five and three? Were they they weren't they weren't six and two, were they? I don't I don't think I, so. I don't think they were six and uh, two. But you know, they were strong enough, but I, I I expected a little bit, a little bit more from them because we were both down on San Francisco. We weren't sure what to yeah. make of the Rams. We still like Seattle, but Arizona was that team out there that we thought could make some leaps this year, and it looked like we were going to get it. But right now, um, they, they look like they they don't have a don't have it in them this year. So we'll see what happens um, in year three <coughs> next year. Now, the the final game on Saturday was my Dolphins visiting Las Vegas to take on the Raiders. The Raiders. Uh, are slumping again in the second half of the season. You know, they needed a, a Hail Mary essentially to beat the Jets just a few weeks ago, and they lost their other games uh, in November and December by and large. And everyone was thinking about last year where they got off to a hot start and then lost, um, what, seven of their last eight, some, something, or two, or yeah. the six of their last eight, whatever it was. And, um, I think it was seven because I think they finished seven and nine last year. And they started six and two, I think, didn't they? Weren't they six yeah. and two, and then they finished seven and nine? So yeah, yeah. 
shades of uh, 2019 coming back. But for the most part, it looked like Las Vegas was going to beat the Dolphins last night. Uh, They were in control early. They gave up some momentum early in the third quarter and the start of the second half, but then kind of took control and were um, fighting for that victory. And then the final four minutes happened in the fourth quarter, which was absolutely bonkers. I missed the, the, the end. I saw most of the game, but missed the end. And I was following along via text from you and my dad and my Apple Watch uh, score. And it was just crazy to wake up and see that the Dolphins had lost because, let's face it, there's 19 seconds left and they're on their own 25 down two. What's going to happen there with no timeouts? So, yeah, chalk it up. That's a loss for Miami. And basically Miami's playoff hopes would be all but gone. I wake up overnight again. And check the same things, text from you and my dad and the ESPN app on my watch and Miami won 26-25. And I was like, well, I need to go to sleep for a few more hours and wake up and watch those highlights because I have no idea what happened in the final (laughs) few minutes that I was unable to watch. So I I do that this morning first thing and I just couldn't believe it. I had no idea that Fitzpatrick had even been put in when, when I, when I walked away, uh, Tua was still in that must've happened right after I stopped, stopped watching. And, uh, he, he did it. Fitz magic. They, they, this crazy exchange of events over the last four minutes, a terrible pass interference call to set the Raiders up to yes. take the lead, um, near the end of the game, you know, with essentially 20 seconds left um, where they settle for a field goal after purposely not scoring from inside the five on three consecutive plays, which the dolphins were also trying to let them score a touchdown. So they had more time to try to score a touchdown of their own. And us as Penn state fans know all too well, what happens when you score too early. And apparently John Gruden was well aware of that and was attempting to not score and chew as much time off the clock as possible. However, it came to bite him because Fitzpatrick, despite getting his head ripped off, was able to complete a bomb down the left side to Eagles cast off Mac Hollins. And then after they added the face mask penalty, the egregious Mac, face Mac Hollins mask. who dropped a, a close touchdown pass earlier in the game. Yes. And one earlier as well, uh, completely redeemed themselves. Jason Sanders comes in, kicks the field goal, and with essentially no time left, Miami wins 26-25. They improved to 10-5. and I believe it's only the fourth time in the last 18 years Miami's won double-digit games. One of those years they didn't make the playoffs either. And uh, now they have continue on the path of win and in because now if they can go to Buffalo next week and beat the Bills, Miami clinches a playoff spot. And because of other things that happened today, they may not be the seven seed. They could be as high as the five seed, the the top seeded wild card team because of what happened with Indianapolis and Cleveland. So, yeah, I mean, you saw it live and I didn't get to see it live. So what what were you thinking in those last few minutes of the Raiders Dolphins game? So when when they made the move to uh, uh, Fitzpatrick, I'm like, man this will be interesting. Like if he does something here, you know, not in some ways it'll be interesting knowing it'll get talked about a bunch, but at the same time, also knowing that like they've been very clear that like two is the starter, two is the starter, you know, and so on. And then you go and uh, they didn't really 
they, they moved the ball a little bit. He, he was really getting the ball uh, downfield a little bit more, which was great. And that was just one of the things they talked about. And I think that he talked about too, was like, you know, like taking the risks, but at the same time, like he, he's comfortable enough in, you know, how he's playing. Like he, he doesn't mind just chucking it deep. So, um, you know, he, they were able to move the ball a little bit. Now the one like touchdown pass he had, he threw it like seven yards to, um, Oh, the running back. Uh, I can't think of his name. Yeah. Miles Gaskins, who then runs across the middle, then like stops and runs back towards the sideline, gets the edge and just runs, you know, 54 yards for the touchdown. So like, don't get me wrong. Like it was, it was a good pass. It was a good read and everything, but like, Oh, okay. Like, you know, it was, you know, it was, he, he did exactly like he threw a, you know, like a slant and the guy made, you know, a 50 yard touchdown out of it. Um, but when you look at some of the other like pieces of it, like, man, they go down and they, they tied up. Then Nelson Aguilar scores on like an 80 yard touchdown. Um, that was, that was well defended. Like it wasn't like there was bone coverage. It was just a great throw um, by Carr. And then like, next thing, you know, like he, he breaks the tackle and, and runs the rest of the way for a touchdown. Um, and then the, the dolphins came back and tied it up. And then the, one of the things that drove me crazy was that how they were like talking over and over. They're like, Oh, about how David Carr drove him down for like the game winning field goal. Like, no, he didn't like, they really did nothing outside of the big pass interference call. Like they ran it a few times, but like you said, they ran it trying to not score. Um, but like their only like big play was the pass interference call, which was a horrible call. Now I, I will give it like, I have no idea. I that's much tougher in real time, you know, all of that stuff, but there was very little contact. The guy was, the defender was playing the ball and it did not, as, as we learned this phrase last year, when they were testing the review of um, pass interference, like it did not impede the receiver's like ability to make a play on the ball at all, like at all. And so like, you know, you even had like a quarterback in Kurt Warner, I think was, who was yeah, helping he was call the, the game. He and he's like, commentary. you know, even they like came around eventually and were like, yeah, that I like, they were basically like, I don't know how you make that call. Like, and to make that call, like knowing that it's going to decide the outcome of a game, like usually like guys swallow their whistles at the end and nope, he, it, it, that was a, that was going to be a tough one to swallow. Like you said, it, it was interesting. We talked about how I, I understand wanting to run the clock down, you know, and to be honest, like, even though it didn't work, it should like, it's not the offense's fault when you kick a field goal with 19 seconds left and to, to win and like you lose, like that's not on the offense. Um, that's one of those things where like that now doesn't count as like a game winning drive for Derek Carr, which I just discredited a lot of that drive, but you know what I mean? Like that doesn't count as a stat, even though he did exactly what he was supposed to do. You know, right. like, um, but you look at some of the things it's just it, it's crazy because they went and um like when when they get the ball and and it was in the post game with uh Fitzpatrick it was interesting because he had he had told Hollins before he's like look the ball's coming to you because he knew exactly how they were going to play it and they did and they were like they were talking about this post game they're like they don't know what the corner was doing 
They said, yes, it's zone coverage, but there was no one else on that side. There was no shallow route on that side. There wasn't anywhere even close on that side. They said, you have to go deep with that guy. Like they talked about how in the play, they were like, oh man, you know, in the safety couldn't get over in time. They said that was not the safety's guy. It was that cornerback because there was no one else. They didn't run someone underneath. There was no one in the flat, nothing. He just stopped covering his guy for no reason. Um, and they must have seen it on film because they talked to Fitzpatrick and he was like, yeah, it's coming to you. Like, it's going to be there. Um, but yeah, like he said, he got his head ripped off. But because they made the catch, he had that 15 yards on. They're already in field goal they, range. Right. And it was unreal. Unreal. It was essentially um, a 50-yard play, I believe, because I think it was a 34-yard catch yeah. and then a 15-yard penalty. So they went from their own 25 to, what, Las Vegas is like 27 or something like that. Yeah. And and it was interesting. Fitzpatrick said, he's like, don't get me wrong. He's like, he's like, it may getting my head ripped off might have helped. He's like, I couldn't see it. He's like, but it definitely helped me take something off the throw and probably like <laughs> let it stay in bounds a little easier. But um I think Adams just got another touchdown. So Oh boy. Yep. Oh so. boy. Well, well, you win yeah. some, you lose some. And it's gonna be a shootout for my dad and my uncle. So Yeah. Uh, yeah. But yeah, so it like you said, it was interesting because while I don't know if the Dolphins would have won, like I felt like they got cheated by the pass interference call. You know what I mean? Like it wasn't it was a tie game. So like, I don't know, they could have lost it later on anyway, but like it, it just felt like a, a tough way to lose it on like a 45 yard pass interference penalty. Right. Um, which I, I go back and forth. Like I hate the idea that you can go 40 yards on a penalty like that. I don't yet at the same, yet at the same time, the way guys like the way NFL teams do it, man, they would just, if, if it was just a 15 yard penalty, you'd get tackled anytime you went further than 15 yards downfield. Like, you know, like, mm. okay. Yeah. So I see that I, point of view. Yeah. I, right, I just, like, I like, understand to me, it's too much of a wild card of, well, he also has to catch it. There's no guarantee that he was going to catch the ball right, too, you right. know? Um, yeah. I, yeah. But it was, it was interesting. I mean, I was, I was happy for the dolphins. It was a crazy ending to the game. Like you said, I wasn't, it's football, so I'm entertained. But like the first three quarters, I'm like, ho hum, you know, like yeah. I mean, the moments that I got to watch, yeah, yes, yes. And then like the last four minutes, it was just like this is nuts. Yeah, so Miami pulls it out. It's one of their closer games this year. Definitely the closest win they've had. We can't we can't win by any right. less. So uh, it was. Well, and, uh, and the and the Raiders have fallen off and were eliminated from the playoffs and like. It's interesting. I started hearing it this week, like about people Gruden. replaying John Gruden from his from his press conference when he said, "If I can't get it done, I won't take the money." Well, three years in the last two years, they've collapsed. Is this his like, third year? I was thinking this was only yeah. his second. Yeah, this is third year. Wow. Wow. I. Well, yeah. I mean, there there are obviously issues there. I feel like they're mostly defensive because I, I mean, cars look pretty good with him this, at least this year. I don't think car yeah. is the problem and they got Waller and they drafted rugs. Um, Aguilar looks good out there. I know Hudson's one of the best offensive linemen uh, centers in the game. So they, I right. think they have the pieces there. And obviously right. um, Jacobs is great running back. 
So I, I, they maybe need some other help along the offensive line, but I think they need to improve the defense. That's where things need to shore up. You know, they just fired the defensive coordinator a few weeks ago. Well, remember a couple years ago, they took, they were in a good spot to get like an impact defensive lineman. And they took the, the biggest of the stretches from Clemson off the defensive line instead right, of taking who, uh, just like you know one know of the more surefire guys. How like, much they even? Uh, how much they even play him? Uh, was that um, Farrell? Was that Farrell? Cleveland Farrell? Yeah. So, yeah, yeah I know it's a uh, it's rough, um, but I'm I'm yeah. happy. You know, I've never been a Raiders fan, so no, that no, one, no. that yeah, one feels it, good. Um, for a variety of reasons, but keeps Miami in the playoff hunt. Like I said, now with other things that have happened, they could move up to the the five spot possibly, um, and play the the the, uh, the four seed. And I'm guessing the four seed is going to be either Tennessee or Indianapolis, depending on who wins that division. Right. So Tennessee getting smoked right now. Yeah, Tennessee is getting absolutely hammered by the Green Bay Packers, as we just talked about how we didn't think Green Bay was special. Um, Tennessee showing that maybe they're not as special. It, it's just been a crazy parody driven year this year. I, because look, look at the, I mean, I don't want to jump too far ahead because I was going to talk about a few other games first, but just look, look what almost happened to the chiefs today. You know, last week we were on here talking with Paul about how we'd take the chiefs against all other 31 teams, you know, in, in terms of who could win the Super Bowl. obviously, there's not that many teams that are going to even have the chance to win the Super Bowl or deserve to have the chance to win the Super Bowl. But that is just the point that the Chiefs were by and far the best team in the league. And then today they almost lose to the Falcons in Kansas City. Yeah. And maybe but, should have lost to the Falcons in Kansas right. City. It, it, it was interesting. We're sitting there when it's tied, like maybe just a couple minutes into the fourth quarter. And my dad and I are just like, look, I know they are not playing well. But everything about both of these teams is telling me the Chiefs are going to win this game. Like, the Chiefs can just flip a switch and get it done, and the Falcons find ways to lose. And we saw both of those things down the stretch. Like, the Chiefs needed it, and they just drove right down the field and got a score. And then, you know, Atlanta gets in in field goal range, what, 39-yard field goal for one of the best kickers this season. And he misses. Right. You know, like, again, the Chiefs flipped the switch and got it done. And the Falcons found a way to lose. So, you know, it's just, like I said before, like, by week 16, I feel like the teams have told us who they are. And it was was the perfect example in that game today. And I, I think some of it is, I think the Chiefs, oh, my gosh, man. They're just running straight through the Tennessee line and sacking Tannehill every play. Um, is this the Eagles out there? I can't tell. It's pretty snowy. Which but, is crazy because know, the but... complaints about Green Bay every year about how terrible their defense is and how Aaron Rodgers is good for like two or three bad games each year, even though he's electric in the other you know, 13 or 14. Right. But we right. kind of saw it last year because they were awful in the playoffs. Right. Like they were terrible. Yeah. We were, I mean, they were, weren't right. they 13 and three last year too? And both you and I were they like, were. they're not and, going to the conference championship. Right. And they got smoked by San Francisco. Yeah. They destroyed them. That was in the divisional yeah. round, right? What's interesting though, is like, they're getting it done through the air tonight, even in the snow. 
Aaron Rodgers has three touchdown passes already. And like that very well, like this very well may get Aaron Rodgers the MVP. Like, um, because while Mahomes in that they are winning, like he's not putting up the gaudy numbers and Rodgers is just being <laughs> insane. But well, man, I, like Tennessee, the a- AFC South, like no one wants it, I guess. Like no one, no right, one wants to yeah. take it. No, yeah, I, I wish those two teams played next week, and it wasn't that they were each playing the the bottom dwellers in their in their division because right, um, the right. Colts play the Tex. No, the Colts play the Jaguars, and the Titans play the Texans. Now so, the good news is at least the Jaguars locked up the one seed or the number one pick, so like they don't have to worry about trying to lose next week. But. <laughs> so. Let's. I'm going to go back a couple games here because there's some that we don't have to talk about all that much. Um, I, I was disappointed to see the Giants not put up a lot of fight with their playoff hopes dwindling. They needed to show something, and after they went on that little bit of run, you know, last month they haven't been able to do anything of late. They lost to the Ravens today in Baltimore, 27 to 13. That was the only game that didn't really go in my favor in terms of something with the Dolphins. Uh, the right, Ravens right. winning today was the only strike. Um, and you know how much I despise those Ravens, those, those Baltimore Ravens. Um, my, my dad's not a huge fan of, of your mom right now because her picks are on fire this week. Yeah, um, they are on fire. And as it. I mentioned to you earlier, you and my dad are tied in multiple ways because of the yeah, way you guys yeah. picked this week. Um, but, um, yeah, your mom looking pretty good to, uh, to move to the top. So we'll see how that yeah. happens. And she gets a victory from her Ravens and they are in prime position to make the playoffs because uh, as this started to come into focus last month, they had the easiest road to the playoffs because they played the crappiest teams to get there. <laughs> and they're taking the, they taking care of business though. Unlike some teams like Cleveland who are also playing for their life. Um, and I know there are some weird extenuating circumstances, but this is 2020 and every team has had some kind of weird circumstance thrown at them this year. Uh, just talked to Denver a few weeks ago. Right. But Cleveland going to the Meadowlands or what used to be the Meadowlands today and losing to the Jets, winners of two in a row. Congratulations on ruining your potential to pick Trevor Lawrence. They... I, <laughs> 23 to 16, the Jets beat the Browns. Cleveland, they're trying to break this drought. The drought that I mentioned earlier of Tampa Bay, the second longest playoff drought of uh, 13 years. Well, Cleveland's is what, 17? Eight, or about to maybe be 18? I don't know. We'll see what happens. Yeah. But yeah. they just they couldn't get it done today. And, and the thing is, you know, they knew going into this game that they win their in. And also, if Pittsburgh lost to Indy, they could be playing for the division championship next week in Cleveland. But everything went wrong for them because Pittsburgh came back to beat Indianapolis and then they couldn't beat the Jets. And I understand they were without their top four wideouts, but you got to be able to do something better than that. That that just, I don't know. Well, Baker, Baker Mayfield had three lost fumbles today, including one. At the end, that clinched the loss. Sneak. Right. Like, I just, it, it was insane. Like, and, and I get struggling. I get struggling, but they started the third quarter with four rushing yards. They have two Pro Bowl caliber you have running backs. Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt in your backfield. Right. 
Now I think they were down two tackles today as well. <laughs> um, which, which is insane. Um, but like the jets didn't have Quinn and Williams. They didn't have the their jets. best defender and they're the jets. They had lost 13 games in a row until last week. Right. So like, I look at it. I just, a couple notes here. One, I, the Browns are, are being the Browns and it'll be interesting because I could see Pittsburgh trying to maybe build some momentum next week. Well, right now here's, here's an interesting thing. They clinched their division. They can't get the one seed. I'm they really interested they can't because the they seed. had that weird COVID situation with the buy early on. I'm really interested to see if they basically treat next week as a buy. Um, and, and rest guys because they've been playing since, well, since August, basically they, they, their break was in mid September or end of September, I guess. Um, when Tennessee's COVID outbreak happened, but it'll be interesting because man, if they play and they beat the Browns and keep the Browns out of the playoffs, like, I don't think it could be more heartbreaking for the Browns than to lose to the jets who are awful and the Steelers who don't need the win to close out your season and keep you from getting there even when you should have like, yeah, but it would be very, it would be a very Cleveland thing to do. It'll be very interesting to see what Pittsburgh does because I believe, I I don't think they can catch Buffalo for a second, right? Because of the head to head. Well, see, it's weird. I don't, yeah, I don't think so. But like the tiebreakers are so weird in a lot of those situations. And also, it doesn't matter as much this year because the two seed doesn't get a bye. So, is the right. difference it would between only two matter, and three? It would only matter if they met in the AFC Championship game with the Chiefs and, out. Well, obviously, Kansas City had been knocked out. Right. So, I don't know. Normal years, I feel like just looking at this without knowing everything that's gone on recently, I feel like. Pittsburgh would be apt to maybe play their guys a little bit and then take them out. But because Pittsburgh had looked so terrible over the last month and they only started to get things going today, you know, at the end of the third quarter, essentially. Right. Do they really want to not play a game entering the playoffs? Even if you're going to be the three seed and play uh, the six seed, whoever that ends up being, it could be the Colts again, you know. Uh, the Colts look very good for two and a half quarters against them on the road, you know, in Pittsburgh. Right. So I, if I'm Tomlin and that staff and those players, do you really want, I mean, I, I understand the injury risk is always there. And Ben is hobbled with probably a hyperextended knee a few weeks ago. He's also up there. He's been dealing with the, the, um, the upper body, you know, arm injuries over, over the last year or so. So I understand the want to, rest the guys, but you kind of started to get uh, offensive cohesion at the end of this game. Oh yeah. Wouldn't it be nice to they go out there like, and prove they you looked can keep like the doing Steelers it? from the first, right. They looked like the Steelers from earlier in the year. Um, in the last quarter and a half of that game. Yeah. So I just, I don't know. It's, I mean, I also, there's a selfish part unbiased for me. Um, that I want to see them beat the Browns because knocking a team out of the potential to steal a spot for the Dolphins um, right, is right. high up on my list. So, um, as usual, I'm a huge Steelers fan. Again, uh, I just I don't know. I don't know what to expect from them. There, we'll we'll see we'll see what happens. Um, 
when it comes down to that. But Cleveland not able to overcome some off-the-field things today. And I have no ill will for Cleveland because they're Cleveland, the Browns. But, like, my team is trying to get into the playoffs. So if it takes them losing, I'm sorry. I want them them to lose. Uh, Chicago, second-half renaissance here, putting up 41 on the Jags. It's the first time in, I think, like 60 years that the Bears have scored over 30 points in, was it four straight games? I think I think it was three. Was it three? I think it was okay. only three. <laughs> only yeah. three. Okay, uh, just kind of a crazy. I saw a few crazy stats today, but that one I think takes the cake. Um, the the reemergence of Mitchell Trubisky getting it done yes. uh, against the Jaguars, forty-one to seventeen. Chicago, you know, started off so strong and then lost. I think was it six in a row. Um, they were like yeah. five and one, dropped to five and seven. Now they climbed up and are eight and seven. And because of Arizona losing their prime spot to make the playoffs. Now they do have to host green Bay in week 17. And I don't know how much green Green Bay Bay will be playing for because, because Seattle won green Bay cannot lock up the number one seed tonight. So green Bay will be playing for, for um, a lot of things. So most likely. Yeah. Because, well, especially with Seattle being out in, on the West, like that'll probably be an afternoon game. Oh my gosh. I don't know how far back this is, but like Green Bay is dominating the game. I, I'm just streaming it here. And Green Bay tries to kick a field goal, gets blocked. They're up 19 nothing. They get blocked, and Tennessee runs it back like really far into Green Bay territory. So, like, everything's going the Packers' way, and then Tennessee gets a break and might get back in this thing. But, um, <laughs> But anyway, yeah, like, oh, there was a penalty against Tennessee at some point here. I don't know when, but. Oh, yes. So um, it'll be interesting to see what happens with the Bears, but um, a lot of people in Chicago may have saved their jobs, including head coach Matt Nagy, general manager Ryan Pace, and possibly quarterback Mitchell Trubisky, which is crazy to think about. Uh, uh, You know, just six weeks ago, everyone was all on the Foles bandwagon again. And then that took a turn. So a game that was very interesting to me for draft positioning was Cincinnati at Houston and the Bengals were able to pull it out winning uh, for the second straight time. Now beating the Texans 37 to 31 in Houston. This is important to me because it essentially locks up a top five pick for Miami who could possibly finish the season 11 and five in the five seed in the AFC will also hold a top five pick courtesy of the Laramie Tunsil trade with Houston last year. So like I said, there were like four or five things that I wanted or needed to happen for my dolphins to uh, make the playoffs. One win. They did that have three teams lose, which were the, the Browns check Mark, the Colts check Mark, the Ravens, nope, missed on that one. But now the Titans are also losing, so that knocks another team down to 10-5. and five. Uh, One of them, obviously, Titans or Colts have to win the AFC South, but I don't know. When it comes down to tiebreakers, it's hard for me to uh, figure out how things are going because I don't know that head-to-head is a tiebreaker for playoff positioning. I don't think it is because I not everyone plays head-to-head. So I think it's conference record or common I, I opponents. Think it is. It's, it's weird. So, yeah. um but I just because, which is where it's weird to me, even between Steelers and Bills, because 
they did play head to head this year, but I'm not sure that it matters because not all the teams play each other. Like it's just so weird outside of the divisional tiebreakers. It gets really weird. Um, so we, we mentioned it a few times, but the Steelers came back to beat the Colts today. It's their biggest comeback victory in the Mike Tomlin era. And as the announcer said, they haven't needed a lot of comeback victories in the Mike Tomlin era, but this is right. the biggest one. They were able to uh, overcome the, the deficit today. They beat the Colts 28-24. Um, it, was a, it was an exciting game there at the end, and uh, Pittsburgh was able to get it done. And like Justin and I have been saying, what are they doing Week 17? Do they try to keep this mojo and this momentum? Um, we will find out. So, like, another interesting thing here. Now, don't get me wrong. The Colts did plenty to lose the game. And I am, I do have anti-Steelers, like full-on anti-Steelers bias. And I did pick against them today. However, like a play or two before their go-ahead touchdown, it's very likely that it was a pick six. And Chase Claypool just hits the guy because he realized he played, he ran the wrong route and he sees the guy breaking and hits him and keeps him from being able to intercept the ball on a dead run going the other way. And not only is it not, like a pick six, but they don't even call it. Like they don't throw a flag at all. And it was just one of those things where it's like, oh my gosh, like, you know, a play or two later, they, they score the go ahead touchdown. Um, You know, it just, it was interesting. There were a number of questionable calls in in some games. And I feel like honestly, like three weeks ago, I was thinking, man, like, I really feel like it's, it's incredible that, like there haven't been a ton of games where I'm like, oh man, these calls are really like affecting like outcomes of games, like late in games and things like that. And then like the last few weeks, there's been calls where I'm just like, I have no idea like how they, you know, let that call stand or how they do this or how they do that. Like, like in the Browns game today, they're down 13, three and they hit, um, uh, they hit the Jets quarterback and the ball comes out and it looked like it was out. Like it looked pretty clear to me. Now they whistled it incomplete, but it's the Browns clearly recovered. So like it should have been Brown's ball, even though they ran it back for a touchdown. Like, so it, in my opinion, if it was correctly called, it would have been a Brown's touchdown. Next thing you know, it's 13, 10. Now Cody Parkey proved today. You can't assume he'll make the extra point, but like 13, 10 or 13, nine. But at the same time, not only did they say, oh, you know, well, yeah, we whistled it dead. So it's Brown's ball. They were like, no, call stands. And I'm like, what? Like, but yet in another game, you know, like you see it and they're like, it looks like it was an incomplete pass. And like, nope, the ball was out. Like, I don't know. And here's the thing with that. It's New York is making that call. It's not just the guy under the hood. So like, I don't understand how the same people looking at the same plays can be so inconsistent on some of those things like that, that bothers me. And those are games where like, yes, I, I picked one team to win or like stuff like that, but not even the Eagles here. Like, it's not like, you know, in, in the Browns jets game, I really don't have a lot, of, you know, at stake there. And I'm just like, I don't, I don't know how you, how you like stay with that call. Like that clearly just seems wrong, you know, like, um, and that, that just frustrates me now. Again, the Browns played terrible, so like I, they didn't deserve to win the game, and I don't know that that changes the outcome. But there's a big difference between you know thirteen three and thirteen ten, you know. So 
I, I don't know. It, it's just weird. It's one of those things that has bothered me. And honestly, it stuck out to me the last couple of weeks. There's been a few games. Well, like, and we talked about the Dolphins game where that was, that was a horrific call. Um, right. But, you know, it, it is what it is. Um, yeah. But, yeah, whatever. <laughs> so we've, we've hit the hour mark. So we want to wrap up here. But uh, one of the bigger upsets today that set down a crazy week 17 showdowns was the Carolina Panthers going to Washington and yeah. defeating football team today, 20 to 13. The Redskins, excuse me, the Washington football team benched Dwayne Haskins, couldn't go with Alex Smith or um, Allen, um, Kyle Allen, because they're both on injured or an injured reserve. Uh, Taylor Haneke actually was brought in to replace Haskins and he showed uh, some willingness to push the ball downfield. They they got a touchdown, couldn't recover the onside kick to make it a, a a close game there at the end. But um, yeah, Washington losing just opens up crazy NFC East scenarios Um, next week. The Cowboys and Giants play and the Eagles and Washington play. If Washington wins, I believe they're in. Yeah, win, if they win, they they get the playoffs. And it was the same thing for today. Like, if they won, they clinched. However, um, should the Eagles beat Washington, the winner of Dallas and New York win the division and are the fourth seed it, in the NFC. Right. You, if, if the Eagles win next week, it means you're going to have a 6-10 and 10 team host a playoff game. If the Eagles win, no, well, no, isn't Dallas is six and nine right now? Oh, okay, so okay. If so, they, so if if the Giants, if it, the Eagles yeah. and Giants win next week, sorry, yeah. So uh, if the Eagles and Giants win, yes, the Giants would win the division and host a playoff game at six and ten. So it'll be interesting to see what happens in the NFC East. And uh, before we sign off, obviously we should probably talk about Philadelphia and, and Dallas playing down in Dallas today. Eagles jumped out to an early lead, 14-3, to and things look pretty good. Uh, Fletcher Cox got injured, and I don't know if it's just a coincidental, but after his injury, the Eagles couldn't do anything on offense or defense. Dallas unleashed on them to get the win today, 37-17. to they they jumped up 14-3 and then got outscored 34-3 the rest of the way. Um and yeah, it it was one of those things. And it, it it's tough right now because like I I want and and Jalen Hurts has definitely brought an aspect to the offense with his ability to run. But he can't hide the inc- the inconsistencies and the shortcomings of um of Doug Peterson. For example, Okay. Eagles are up 14-3. Miles Sanders had 15 carries for the game. 15 carries in the entire game for Miles Sanders. He had 9 at like in the first couple by the first couple minutes of the second quarter. When the Eagles had been playing their best, he had 9 carries at that, at that point. He only got 6 more carries the entire rest of the game. How does that happen? Like, I don't understand how that happens. What in Doug's mind makes him think, hey, this is working. We should go away from this. I, it, that's really, really frustrating. Like you said, Fletcher Cox being out is obviously going to create a difference. But, like, man, you, like, it's not a 34-3 to 3 difference. Like, I, what, what the heck happened? Um, Jalen Hurts had three turnovers today, two interceptions, one in the end zone. Um, and 
one late in the game, but like it wasn't anywhere close to an Eagles guy. I don't know where he was throwing it. Um, had another fumble today. He had actually had a couple fumbles, but only one of them was lost. Um, got sacked three more times. He was sacked six times last week, got sacked three times this week. And here's the thing. Dallas's defense is, is awful. Like Dallas's defense is awful. Eagles scored 14 quick points and then nothing, nothing the rest of the time. They, they, that was bad. That was really bad. Um, and with Washington losing, like if the Eagles win that, then it would have been winner take all against Washington next week. Um, and yeah, it's just, it, it, it was a pathetic showing. Um, I think it goes to show not the issue with Jalen hurts as much as the issue is with the team in general. Um, they're just not very good. I, right. I said it earlier in the show by week 16 teams have shown us who they are and the Eagles have shown us they're a terrible football team. Um, and it doesn't matter who the quarterback is. They're a terrible football team. They don't have often their, their only real offensive weapon is Miles Sanders and the coach refuses to give him the ball. Um, Jalen Hurts can provide sparks at times, but you're only going to be able to run the zone read so many times. Like he he's a power runner more than a runner like uh, Lamar Jackson, you know, who's going to just like outrun guys, um, which is great at times when you need him to run somebody over. That's awesome. But I don't necessarily want my quarterback out there regularly running people over. I'd rather him outrun people and then get down. Um, especially when he's fumbled a couple times now because of that. It's just, again, it's not Jalen Hurts' problem. Like, the team is just no good. Um, I'm convinced they'll win next week just to kind of hurt their draft stock a little bit. But I'm not at all convinced they're going to do anything right with the draft pick anyway. Um I've said it to you and the Pro Bowl things, I don't know if they were announced. I think they were announced last Sunday or last yeah, weekend. They, they were. But yeah, so with Brandon Graham made it for the Eagles, but he was drafted 10 years yeah, ago. So the stat still stands. The stat still stands. Since 2014, the Eagles have drafted one player with a Pro Bowl appearance, and that's Carson Wentz. Um, it, it's just un- unreal how, how just inept they are as an organization right now. And I, I don't know. It, it'll be interesting. I think it, if they lose next week, I, I wouldn't say it's out of the question to see uh, Doug gone. I, I, I fully expect him and Howie to both be back next year, though. And right. Who, just kind of do my more question of the same. is, who do they go get? Like, who well, are you no, replacing no, that, him with? So I did have someone, and don't get me wrong, I, I, don't, I don't think that this happens, like, just to be clear. But someone brought up to me, they're like, do you think, well, and see, again, this is not my theory. Someone brought this up to me. They asked me if they thought that because of the Andy Reid and Lori connection, do you think they could maybe get an in with the enemy? And I, I, I it would, to be clear, it was an aspect of it I had not considered before. Like, I, I don't even, he, he's going to be able to name his job, in my opinion, Eric Bianami. Like should will probably be able to pick whatever job he wants. Right. And I would think Houston or the Chargers would be more appealing. I I I would I would agree with both of those situations. Um or both those both those takes. I hadn't thought of the fact of like, you know, but it also is one of those things where it worked for Doug, but like 
the Eagles have to fire an Andy Reid guy to be able to go get another Andy Reid guy. Like, I feel like maybe they can trade trade Doug Peterson <sighs> to Kansas City. <laughs> Howie Roseman trades the number seven overall pick for Eric Bieniemy, so we can have another. So we can have good quarterbacks, but no, you know, no help, no help good. for the quarterbacks. They'll dress Justin Fields at number seven. We want to be a quarterback factory, right? Right, so. exactly. Uh, yeah, being a quarterback factory is great if you're a college. Like that's what a college should do, not a not a pro team. You want a guy who's there for 15 years. So my gosh, the um, the Chargers total beat the, ineptitude. <laughs> the Chargers beat the Broncos today, 1916, on a last minute field goal. Anthony Lynn almost outdid himself. The team was up big. Denver fought back, but the Chargers ended up getting that victory. And the Seahawks today put away the Rams 20 to 9. Seattle in the driver's seat there in the NFC West and uh, still looking for a chance to earn a higher seed in the NFC. Um, Tennessee has gotten on the board against Green Bay. It's now 19 to 7, nearing halftime. Uh, so unless Green Bay goes into cruise mode and. However, uh, this, this is playing out. It, I don't know how it will play out here, but they were up big and early on Carolina last week and had to hang on to win. So we've seen this and we've seen Tennessee actually be able to put points up in a hurry and come back like Mm -hmm. they did against Cleveland a few weeks ago. So, um, Buffalo, new England is tomorrow night. That's the last game of week 16. A couple texts before we leave. Um, my uncle says he agrees with you, Justin Steelers get most of the calls in their favor. He also just now texted question. Just, just to be clear, just to be clear, I believe your uncle's team got a big call in their favor there a few years ago when they said Jesse James did not make the catch at the goal line. Which, <laughs> um, to be clear, f- full disclosure, that worked out in the Eagles' favor, in my opinion, because they got to beat Tom Brady in the Super Bowl that year. But um, yes, I, I remember that call. I remember saying how wrong they were. That was clearly a touchdown by the outlaw. Uh, he also just texts here, went to the Patriots, question mark? Well, that would ensure a couple of things. One, um, the Patriots would make the playoffs again next year, and Carson Wentz would go on to be like, I- I'm, I'm convinced this is going to be one of those Chris Carter situations where I know it's not the same thing. Like, Carson Wentz isn't addicted to drugs, and like, you know, like Chris Carter has openly talked about how getting traded from Philly saved his life. Um, because he had to turn his life around at that point. But, like, you know, Eagles trade away a Hall of Fame wide receiver. You know what I mean? Like, um, they're going to trade away Carson Wentz, and he's going to go somewhere and be great. And I'm not even, like, mad. Like, I I like Carson Wentz, and I want him to do well. It's just, like, what the heck? Like, I've said this over and over, and I'll keep saying it. Like, what convinces anybody? I want to know why anyone is convinced that the franchise will do right by Jalen Hurts. You know, like they already have proven that they have, they had an MVP caliber like quarterback that they drafted and they broke him. What makes you think that one, they were, they've shown they can't draft and develop talent. So what makes you think that one, they did it again with Jalen Hurts and two, that they'll be able to do anything better with him than they did with Carson Wentz? Like, I just, that's not a statement about, hurts as much as it is my lack of faith in that organization so, so we we sort of touched on this but the last question this one's from my dad uh, he wants to know do you justin think the eagles coach should go do you think doug peterson should be fired at the end of this season i 
So if, if I'm making the call, it's tough because the fan in me says yes, but everything that you and I talk about all the time and about stability, um, I, I think there needs to be major shakeups. And I think that may mean coordinator changes or changing play calling duties, which I know like that's not the way to do it. That's what went wrong in Dallas. When they tell Jason Garrett, you're, you're coaching for your job, but by the way, you're not allowed to call the plays anymore. Like if you're going to take play calling, if you, if you don't have enough faith in your coach to call the plays or for him to make the decision about calling plays, then you've already shown that you don't have confidence in the coach. So I, you know what? I'm, you know, I'll say, yeah, I think it's time to move on and I'll gladly eat my words if he turns it around next year. But like, I I feel like they bring so many problems on themselves by decisions, not necessarily actions. And uh, those decisions get made. You're the one that's responsible when you're the coach, man. So um, yeah, I think it's time to move in a different direction. But right. like you, like you brought up a great point earlier. I have no idea who, like, I, I, I don't know that that actually improves them. Um, but I think the status quo is unacceptable right now. So when the fire Peterson billboard goes up, you know, that Justin, uh, if he didn't create it, he, uh, he contributed to it in some, some form. So, well, we're running way late, so it's time for us to go. Uh, but Justin, thanks for, uh, joining via, the, the hotline tonight and uh yeah quick quick shout out to a buddy of mine from columbia uh tom uh tom Fleckenstein. uh you know friend since third grade when i moved to columbia um was watching the show last week and commented a few times and today is his birthday so happy birthday oh happy birthday yes i've seen him on our streams in the past yep. so appreciate anyone that uh reaches out to us comments on the videos and watches or listens to us after the fact on the variety of uh podcatchers out there or um video networks and like i said find us on twitch joe mays and jraf and uh, we will be broadcasting our shows there and in a few months we will be playing uh the college football video game while we do the show and um we'll go from there but we have a lot in store over the next few weeks obviously um this is the end of 2020 so happy early new year to everyone we will see everyone in 2021 early we will be here on sunday january 3rd one week from now Obviously, recapping week 17 and talking about the playoffs. And then we'll be back every week in January to talk about the wild card round, the divisional round, the conference championship round. And then we are planning on inviting Paul Roberts back on to do uh, the conference championship recap with the Super Bowl preview. Uh, that'll be coming up Um Back to back weeks, so we got the the third is week seventeen, the tenth is wild card, seventeenth divisional round, twenty fourth is conference championship, January thirty first will be our Super Bowl preview, and then uh, we will be off two weeks in a row in February because of the Super Bowl, and then Valentine's Day, and then that next show in February twenty first is our ten year anniversary show, so uh, yeah, crazy to think we've been doing this for a decade, but. Uh, yeah, that's where we're at. So we appreciate everyone that's tuned in during 2020. And we got plenty more coming on the horizon. And uh, do want to um, just belated Merry Christmas to everyone. Hopefully everyone had a, a safe but uh, uh, fun and joyful holiday. 
And uh, hopefully the same can be said a few days from now to kick off the new year or to say bye-bye to this one. Anything else from you, Justin? I got nothing. You got nothing. I hope everybody had a great holiday and was safe. Yeah. And uh, a belated birthday to my cousin Christine, who gets to celebrate on Christmas Day. Uh, you know, it can't I was, be it can't be a it can't be a show in December without May's birthday. That's shot. right. No. Um, you know, I, everyone always told me that me and my dad got the uh, the the shaft by having our birthdays a week before. But Christine celebrating on Christmas, a double dose um, birthday Christmas all in one. So belated birthday to my cousin, uh, one of the new Englanders. So, uh, yeah, but I think that's it. So thanks for joining us again for episode three, two, one, as we get ready to roll into the new year. And like I said, that was not done on purpose, but, uh, I do like the way that that worked out. So, uh, for Justin and me and anyone else that contributes or works, on the Jam and JR radio team, uh, including Tangents with Friends, which will be live this week with Brian and Brett Berenshausen. So tune in on Tuesday as we talk about uh, Star Wars and the other thing happening. Oh, The Mandalorian, that awesome conclusion that just happened for season two. So if you're interested in pop culture, check us out on Tuesday. So that's it. We'll be back again in the new year a week from now. Until next time. For Justin Raffoff, I'm Joe Mays. Thanks for listening to The Joe Mays and J-Raff Show. That's a wrap on this episode of The Joe Mays and J-Raff Show, brought to you by Mays Sandwich Shop. You can watch each weekly episode live on Facebook, Periscope, or YouTube. Be sure to like, follow, or subscribe to the show on Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, SoundCloud, Apple Podcasts, and Google Play. You can also rate and review us on many of these platforms as well. We'd love to hear from you. Send your email to the Mays Sandwich Shop inbox at joemaysandjraff at gmail.com. The Joe Mays and JRAF Show is a part of the JMNJR Radio Network, home to other productions such as the Bulldog Hour, Tangents with Friends, and Nat Chats with Dad. Until next time, 